three, two, one. Hi, and welcome to Katie's Podcast. I'm Katarina. And I'm Michael. And today's topic is about how we only have three hours in a day. Three hours in a day? Mm-hmm. What could that mean? But if you've noticed, we've swapped positions today. Mm-hmm. Thought if, I w- if you're watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're watching on YouTube, I always forget that um, uh, most people are listening on the podcast. But if you're watching, I just thought I would see what it felt like to be on this side of the couch. Feels very different, huh? <laughs> it's, it's interesting how that uh, just a little position swap can totally change things up. And how we get used to something so quickly. Yes, definitely. Because we've already done four episodes and now we're just changing it up a little bit. Also, for all the listeners, I'm going to do my absolute best to not always say, that is so interesting. But that is so interesting. Yeah, why we even say that? I think it's really because we're always trying to challenge each other and bring uh, new topics that we haven't talked about before or new ideas to the table. So that is our brain processing out loud. But I'm going to do my best to maybe not use that phrase quite as much. And it's my introvert brain processing what I'm going to say. And so I'm filling up the first half of the sentence with you know what? That's so interesting. Yeah, but we're going to try and stop doing that. But speaking of new topics, this week's new cadence is from Katerina. Me. I need my little, uh, uh, I have a little uh, article pulled up that I wanted to reference. Um, so, you know the artist, and I'm going to probably butcher his name, and I do my best to say it the right way, um, IYY. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The Chinese artist? Yeah, is that the right way to say his name? Uh, Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So he, um, there's an exhibition that just opened at uh, the the Design Museum in London. And it opened last week. Mm -hmm. And in this exhibition, he recreated Monet's water lily um, painting with 655 at uh, 50,000 Lego pieces. 650,000 Lego pieces recreating Claude Monet's water lilies. Yeah, and the it, painting. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and if um if you don't know the painting, it's this massive painting. It's 50 feet wide. So that's why he needed 650 thousand lego pieces to recreate it it's amazing i would love to see that in person yeah and it's in 22 different colors and um it's really it looks stunning it's it's these like vibrant orange yellow blue colors it's really 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 cool yeah so is he match do you know do you have a picture of it like is he matching the okay so is this what the original painting looks like so that like, is it is it is it similar colors for everybody who's listening out there I'm looking at a photo of the Lego representation of the painting and have is that the same same colors of the painting if, the original painting if I remember correctly the actual painting is a little more greenish and blue yeah let me and, just pull it up right now so we can look at it and what I find really awesome is just like 
for those listening and watching who don't know, I'm a huge fan of Lego. I actually have one on the shelf sort of right behind me there. And it's really cool to see artists sort of interpret other people's art in a different form. I think that's really cool. Yeah, and we have been to the Clobonet's garden, like a live show of it where they're over the last few years, they've been projecting and doing these sort of like live projections of famous artists, which to me now is just getting a little bit oversaturated, I think I would say. Yeah, I enjoyed the the first one we went to. Which, which was the was... Vincent van Gogh one Yeah, in Calgary, back in Calgary. And then we saw Monet's garden here in Berlin, which was also really great. I found it really great. I found the Vincent van Gogh one much better. But I think everyone is just trying to um re-infuse these classic artists art in a new age tech way and yeah i think at first i was excited about it, but i'm kind of over it a little bit yeah and i think it's also interesting like yeah they're re they're interesting huh very interesting how uh a lot of these uh, artists are being reimagined in uh, a digital way, but then IYY went in and said, I'm going to reimagine it as well, but I'm going to use a tool that is pop culture relevant, but not new by any means. You no, know, and an analog to a degree, yeah, and right? which is really dope. So do you have the original uh, painting there? Yeah, so the original painting is way less colorful. It is more black-ish and brown on one side yeah and it has a lot of those pastel like creams and pinks that I was imagining exactly and I think that's also that's why I also think it's cool that he redid the um he reimagined not only it by the tool that he was using but also by the colors and how he sees the painting I think yeah exactly the the photo that we're looking at and and if you want to google it for yourself um is really cool because because it's so like he's using all these thousands of pieces it really does look like paint on a wall which is cool but yeah, yeah and it gives you like that impressionist vibe which mm -hmm. is the very diffused look to yeah. achieve that with blocks which is really cool i find plastic. yeah i would love to see that i hope it i hope it exhibits here in berlin at some point but yeah so anyone if any one of you is in uh london anytime soon it's the iyy making sense exhibition it's at the design museum in london from april 7th to july 30th cool and let's hope you have more than uh three hours left in your day to be able to do that <laughs> <laughs> but let's move on to the topic so three hours left in a day have you heard of this before? Kat? Yeah, I mean... I'm wondering if the audience has heard of this before. I'm sure they have because it's actually a very common topic that has been talked about previously, even before us. Yeah, and It's I nothing think new, but we just, we just felt like we wanted to talk about it. And I guess all of our other topics, we explained why we came up with something. And this one was the same thing. We were just sitting down in the evening at the end of their, our day after running all of our errands and we're, we were just saying, man, there's not a lot of time left in the day to just do stuff for yourself. Yeah, and I think the, um, the number, if you've heard of it, maybe the number was different. I think there's a lot of um, 
<clears throat> this topic is really out there and relevant. And um, maybe some people say, oh, it's only four hours in a day or whatever. But the three hours in a day, I think we sort of did the math for ourselves. And then this is what we sort of came up with. Yeah, I think it's common. I think people are using three hours a lot, actually. I think originally we had said five or four, but it is. So if you if you think about it, let's break that down for everyone listening or watching here. So generally, in the past, and for most people, they're going to work eight hours. Yeah. And then they're going to sleep for eight hours. So that's 16 out of 24 hours. Yep, which leaves you eight hours remaining. So in an ideal, perfect situation, eight hours of work, eight hours of sleep, which we talked about before, why that's important. That leaves you eight hours left of a 24-hour day. Now, that doesn't even account for the time to get to and from work and getting ready. So they're saying that's somewhere between an hour and an hour and a half to commute there and back. So let's go worst case scenario. You have then six and a half hours left. Yep. And then you usually have to uh, cook and eat your dinner. And have a lunch break too, maybe, if, if that's not accounted for in the eight hours of work. Yep. So a lunch break. So let's say half an hour lunch. Now you have six hours left. And then an hour and a half to cook and eat dinner and then to clean up after that. So now you're down to four and a half hours. And then you have to maybe run some errands. Like if you, you can't just cook if you don't have groceries or you have to go pick up the meal or maybe if you have children, you have to pick up the children or you need to run to shoppers, buy medicine or whatever that might be, pick up a package, you know, four and a half running errands, maybe another hour. Now you're down to three and a half. And then you have to brush your teeth, pack your bag for the next day, prep stuff for the next day. That's about maybe another half an hour or so. And then boom, you're down to about three hours. Yeah, so that's really only three hours that are outside of the things you sort of have to do in a day that you can fill with whatever you want to fill them with. Yes, stuff that isn't related to picking up your children, doing laundry, cleaning the house, brushing your teeth, having a shower, doing laundry, errands, groceries, cooking, cleaning, like man, there is a lot of crap that you have to do in life outside of the eight hours of sleep, eight out of hours to work. And then you're left with three to just do whatever the heck you want. Yeah. And I also think um, those, the even the way that we sort of put this regular, like this common day together, that's being very efficient. So maybe you're like yeah. dilly-dallying here and there. Like, I don't know it takes you longer to get up like maybe you work longer a day or you're just wasting time yeah think all. about think about that imagine you're someone who works more than eight hours because their job is strenuous you have to work 10 hours then suddenly you're down to one hour left think think about that right and we're not even talking about people that do shift work 12 hour days like we we like this is just the we're going on we're making the assumption that it's like a average eight hour day. And even then you only have three right. hours. But when you talk about shift work and doing a 12 hour, usually they have multiple days and off. And I think we're going to get to that towards the end, but we're just talking about the average sort of normal traditional day. 
But let's get into it. You have three hours left. What do most people do with that? Like, what are the traditional things that you have that people do for pure enjoyment, right? Like, for themselves. I would say that a lot of people will will fill their time after work, maybe going to the gym. And for a lot of people, that is a stress relief, for sure. It's an enjoyment. Or they, if it's not the gym, then it's maybe sports. Like, maybe they're part of a sports team. Yep, or yoga. Yep. Or like a, yeah, a social club for sports. And, and all these things can be be filled with whether you choose to do them out of pure enjoyment or you, or because you kind of have to some people you know don't want to work out but they feel like they have to some people don't want to do yoga but they need to work on their flexibility because their physio told them to or sports some kids are forced into playing sports or young adults i guess because kids have more time in the day speaking of kids i think a lot of parents would choose to spend some time with their kids playing with them talking to them after they haven't seen them in like the whole day yeah. when they went to school or something yeah and and that is a whole other ball game because with kids it can be a part of the stressful day and then then suddenly the parents spend an hour playing with their kids and then the parents only have 2 hours left to themselves if that right so so in some cases it's a part of that leisure three hours that they spend but in a lot of cases it's even takes away from it right like what if a parent is just so tired well that's actually really true because like if a parent is playing video games with their kids maybe that's good right yeah and even then i think the parent even if they are enjoying it i think the parent still feels like they need some time for just themselves so that even gets really less and less i think that's what i was saying that's what i was trying to get at is that playing with your kids yes it's a part of that free time that part of the three hours but it's not free time for your just yourself but speaking of video games a lot of people like to spend their time playing video games yeah or speaking of digital things to do watching shows movies netflix those sorts i think that's the most common i think i think between someone hitting up the gym for personal time and binging netflix you know the whole netflix and chill you know, yeah. you know, <laughs> the that is like very common. I think binging shows is very, very, very common. And I think another one um, is being social with people, going out for drinks. Right. Outside of outside of working out, binging television shows. The other big one is just free time to see your friends, socialize, go for drinks. Yeah. I, I feel like a lot of people like. In North America and here too, after work, they usually spend an hour or two uh, doing the after work drinks, like the happy hour or whatever. And in Germany, they call it... Feierabendbier. Yeah, so they go for, for drinks. And for a lot of people, that is their free time and it's a way to rejuvenate. For someone maybe who's more introvert, as we talked about in some of our previous episodes, for you, that's even more tiring. So that even digs into your... Three hours of personal time. <laughs> that's that's really true. Like I, I might enjoy hanging out with friends, but I still feel if that if I filled my whole three hours with that, I think I would be like, oh God, where do I get the time to replenish my battery? You have now? none. Yeah. Your your whole twenty four hours is gone. It's like eight hours of sleep, eight uh, eight hours to work, your errands, groceries. Then you have to meet up with a friend. You socialize all night, and then you go home, and then you you're into the packing getting ready showering and then you have to go straight to bed like your day is gone if you're not a person who is like recharged by that 
But for you, you would need a few, like an hour or two to like read, for example. That's, yeah. that's your thing. Yeah, to read or I think there's a lot of activities um, that we haven't mentioned yet that people, like one thing could be reading. I think uh, some people might enjoy um, painting, drawing, yeah. like creating art. like the, Anything that people can do in their free time. Going for a run, like running is such a huge way for people to spend their time because you can do a, a nice run in like an hour and a half two hours go for a bike ride or whatever oh, yeah for sure yeah. yeah but when you were young was playing video games with your parents because we talked about that was that a thing that was that a part of your generation with your parents or your mom or your dad never with my parents never <laughs> never i played a lot of video games yeah. as a child yeah. too like on the not video uh, okay mm. I'm being a, an amateur here. Is it also a video game if it's on a computer? <laughs> or is well, a video game just a, like a... Yeah, of course. A video game is is computer. Okay, we just watched the movie Tetris recently, which was a phenomenal film. Yes. And it started out on PC. And uh, that just reminded me, we have to see if we can find my old Game Boy Color in, yeah. at home. <laughs> For sure. That's one thing we definitely, definitely need. But... What what video game on PC did you play? Um, so the first one I ever played, my uncle got it for us. It was on the PC, I think, that he gave us as a gift or something. It was called SimCity. Do you know SimCity? Yeah, of course. Everybody knows SimCity. SimCity was such a fun game because for me, I wanted to make the perfect neighborhood. Like perfectly aligned, really beautiful, everything. Like the, the nuclear plant was far away from the city. All Everything was... And because I lived in Calgary, and if you're not familiar with Calgary, Calgary is based off of a grid system. So I built it in a way that was very grid-like. And what about you? Was yours just all over the place? Probably a bit more all over the place than you. I tried to make it very green, so I always used to try to use all the wind power. Oh. But that wouldn't provide you with as much power. And yeah. sometimes if I got bored of my... Um, my city i made like a couldn't you make a natural disaster happen oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just to destroy it one game this that i absolutely love that killed a lot of time was sim park i think that's a called where you could build an amusement park and you could design a roller coaster no that's roller coaster tycoon Okay. I played that. That was the game I was going to say next, and it was yeah. also my. And you remember all the little people puking? Yeah, from the yeah. But I think SimCity had a variation of the same thing, or maybe they were the part of the same franchise. I don't know, but that's pretty funny. I remember for for us, my parents, they, the very first video game that we ever purchased was the original Nintendo Entertainment System, the NES. That that says nothing to me. The Nintendo. I know. Yes, but the, okay. So it sounded like it was collect a collection of games. No, the, okay. the the original gray box was called Nintendo Entertainment System. Okay. And people called it the NES. And the very first game we had was Mario Brothers and Duck Hunter. They're very original. And how we even got onto this was we we were. In the last episode, I talked about how we did a lot of road trips. And one of the road trips, we went down the coast of California. And we met up with some of my parents' friends who, when they came over on the boat, they ended up in California somehow. So we met up with them. And 
I honestly don't remember much about the family, but I just do remember that they were a little more well off. So we got to their house. We're like, whoa. And they pull out this thing. They're like, have you ever seen this thing? It's it's a thing. And there's these little pads and you play and it's called duck hunt. And you can hunt these little flying ducks. And we were fascinated with it. And I remember I loved playing it. I was obsessed with it. And when we got back to Canada, I remember one day I came home from school and my dad had bought it. Like he, he went to the, pardon me, video game store and he bought it, which is so, thinking back, it was so cool of him because again, like my dad didn't make a lot of money at the time back in the day, but he bought this game because it just brought so much joy and it brought our family together. And so at the end of a work day, my dad would always play it with us while my mom was cooking or vice versa because that's the thing, right? Like if you need more time in the day, you need someone else to do part of the work. Like if you only have three hours in a day, you can gain an extra hour or two if someone else is cooking or doing the laundry. Yes, definitely. When you're sharing those, when you're, when you're dividing the tasks, if you're doing them both together, then I think there's more, um, a chore can become an enjoyment. Yeah. So maybe that feeds into your three hours because you're spending it with your partner yeah. or you divide it up and then each individual gets, gets a little more time depending on the day because both people have to sleep eight hours, then work eight hours. But like, yeah, when my mom would cook or do a bit of laundry, my dad could hang out with us and then vice versa. If he would go get groceries and she wouldn't go with him, she would have more time to herself. That's how you make that up. And I think that is like how you're able to create more time for each other, not every day but like every other day or a few days in a row and i think as a single person you really only get the two to three hours to yourself when you have a partnership then you start to gain a bit of time here and there like you know as long as both people are pulling their weight to to a degree but just so that the 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 pod isn't so serious today we thought we would also throw in our favorite binge shows. Favorite binge shows. Like, what were you, what has been your go-to favorite binge show that you can watch over and over again? <laughs> over and over again. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is Friends. I was going to say you were going to say Friends. Yeah. Um, I also could watch... I think there's two shows that I could watch over and over again. It's so, like, basic white girl like sex in the city and friends (laughs) shows and they're not new but i am a person who i'm a very nostalgic person i love re-watching things and i love old older stuff right the 90s or early 2000s so i don't think i will ever love a show no that's not true um yeah they just have a very special place in my heart Okay, so what is a show that is a little more recent that you started watching or that we started watching and then you were just like, you, if you had all the time in the world, you would just watch like till the end? Uh, well, this, the end of the last year, Michael was so kind to finally introduce me to Stranger Things. Yeah, because <laughs> honestly... Kat must really just love watching Friends or Sex in the City over and over again because she hasn't watched so many sort of epic series, you know? And there's just a lot of series that you haven't haven't watched. But 
you're about to say Stranger Things is one that you could have just been one seasons one, two, two, and three back to back. Totally, yeah. If we didn't value needing our eight hours of sleep or whatever, because for me, I used to binge shows all the time. So tell me, what's what? Okay, so what is binging for you? At what amount of episodes does binging start? For me, binging starts at four plus. I think watching one episode, two episodes, three episodes is not a binge to me because of that three-hour rule. Let's say an episode's about 45 minutes each. It kind of falls into that three hours and then you can kind of then get ready for bed or whatever. But when you start watching four-plus episodes, it cuts into your time somewhere. So either you're not going to have enough time to do your laundry or go get groceries or sleep eight hours. Like, there... There was a point in time, and I'll get into my my shows, but for a point in time when Netflix was producing the Marvel TV shows, they did a really great job, and it was a big deal. And I remember very clearly, I believe it was Daredevil. And it was a great show with really great writing and uh, really great action. That's one show. But also, back in the day, I hadn't watched Breaking Bad yet. And when it landed on Netflix, people had already loved it from HBO. And at the time, I didn't have HBO. So I'm like, here's my chance. And I watched it. And Katarina hasn't watched it yet either. But it is such an epic television show. The writing is so good. And I remember I watched, I couldn't stop watching it. So it was like six episodes, seven episodes, eight episodes. And if you're doing that, that's seven to eight hours so where do you make up those five hours it's usually with sleep or you don't do a bunch of house errands i think that's actually really true it's um we sacrifice sleep a lot for some of these activities like um it could be binging it could be uh also working out some people get up extra early because they want to squeeze that in or staying late uh, staying out with friends late and all those sorts of things yeah and it's and it's and it's because like you said like time in a day is finite right so if someone let's say they work eight hours and then they have all their chores or whatnot and then they go out with their friends right Let's say they go to have drinks or dinner with their friends and they're out for four to five hours, but they also want to work out still and they, and they need an hour to work out. So suddenly they have to pull that time away from somewhere else. And it's mainly sleeping. Then. And, it's, and most people will generally say, take it from sleep because to them, that's just easy. It's an easy place to steal from, right? You're stealing time you're, because for them, they still have to do laundry because they need clothes to wear. They still need to brush their teeth, have a shower. They need to still go get groceries. They still need to cook and eat if they're, if they're hardcore into working out. So where do you steal time from? And time always gets stolen from sleep the most, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, I agree. And I actually have a story about that. What is your story then? <laughs> oh, your personal story. Yeah. I think I know this story. <laughs> I think this is a good one. And I think... I'll get into what I uh, what I think is uh, really really goes beyond what we already talk about. I'll get into that later. But okay, so the story is um, sacrificing sleep for an activity. 
and that bleeding into the following day because um I think I was in university and uh, I was out with a friend in a different city. Okay. What city was it? Dortmund. And um, it was a Friday night and I used to work in retail on Saturdays. And I had a shift from 10 to 7 the following day, I think. And I had said, yeah, no problem. I'll come to Dortmund on Friday. We'll, um, I'll take the train. We'll go party. And then I'll take... I don't know what my plan was. I think the plan was to take the last train back to my city. But I had such a great time that <laughs> I ended up taking the, the first train back to my city. Like in the morning. In the morning. The following day. The following day. I think 5 a.m. And then I walked home from the train station and I th- I said, okay, so um, I think I got home at 7 and I said, I'll just lay down for two seconds to chill because it's too I think I put the tv on or something it's too early to get ready for work I if my shift started at 10 I had to be there by 9 30 leave at 9 so I had about two hours and then at some point you hadn't slept yet no I hadn't slept yet okay and then I fell asleep and I of course woke up at 9 45 so already 15 minutes late realized my roommate at the time was in the bathroom showering. So what did I do? I called work. I got up. I said, I'll be there in 15 minutes. I got up. I put on my clothes. I was still wearing the makeup from the night before. I wasn't able to brush my teeth. And I rushed to work to then work in retail for nine hours. So I sacrificed my entire sleep. And I, a lot of people do that. I sacrificed my entire sleep for... Um, for, for the enjoyment. So I, instead of doing three hours, I made it like 10 hours. Yeah, but you didn't even brush your teeth. And um, you just chewed gum or mint or something? <laughs> yeah, probably. And I was so hungover. And I it was a um, like a women's underwear store that I worked at. So it was really like I felt like I was going to puke into the boxes. And it was terrible. Oh like I would never do that again. But it was. It's, it's funny because. I have a similar story. And if we're exchanging stories, you might as well t- tell this one. I was working for a restaurant and because that's what I was doing a lot, like in hospitality. And at the time in the city, the rave culture was starting to hit like pretty big. And a, so the party, the raves were always on Saturdays. And I just couldn't get out of my shift on the Sunday. And one of the reasons was I was working at a restaurant that had two levels. They had a main level on the bottom and then more of a sports bar level upstairs. It was more of a bar, like a lounge, uh, but it was more sports bar. And it was really busy on uh, happy hour times and Fridays and Saturdays, like kind of uh, in the evenings. And Sundays was kind of hit and miss. So I was like, they only ever had one person working, right? So I couldn't get out of it. Like I had to work it. I had to basically bartend and serve the entire space. So I went to this rave, long story short, same thing. My plan was to go, uh, go to the rave at 11, which is pretty early for rave standards mm-hmm. and then leave at like 4 a.m., you know, get enough sleep to start my shift for nine. So I would sleep like four hours. But again, loved partying too much. So left at like 6.30, went home, and laid in bed until 
eight, so hour and a half, and went to work the next in the morning at nine. The funny thing about it is it wasn't that busy, so so I had all I had all the TVs on and um. Around the corner was like a like a little sitting area. Around like when you first walked in, you you could see the bar and there was some tables that you could sit. But around the behind the bar, there was a, like a little quieter sitting area that no one ever really sat at. And I always went behind there and sat and napped, <laughs> and like literally sat and like had mini like ten minute naps. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I and I always like when people walked in, you could kind of hear like there was like a little like trigger because so that because it was like a big place there was always like one person working and i would just like pour a drink or serve their food and i would go back and sit behind and just like have these mini naps and i just remember so clearly how horrible it was because i was falling asleep standing up and i was just so tired and i was just so partied out but i think it's a rite of passage for every young person to, to do that. I don't think anyone's not ever done that really. And I think it's also, um, when you're young, you don't think the way that we think right now, like we aren't aware. I think you have less chores and less things to do. So yeah. you, you probably have more than those three hours and you make them even longer by staying up through the night. Yeah. I, I think, I think when you are a young person and yes, you maybe you have to work to pay rent and, and you may have to work eight hours, but just sometimes your overall responsibilities are less. So it's easier to blur responsibilities into free time. You know what I mean? Because I think as you get a little bit older and you start to have more concrete responsibilities, things are very defined. The, the lines are very defined with this is sleep time. This is work time. These are the times to do all these certain types of chores. And then you only have three hours, which is such a shitty way to think about life. So let me ask you a question. Would you like more than three hours in a day? Um, Speaking Monday to Friday, of course, ignoring weekends because we most of the time get to do what we want. I think that I would like to have a little more than three hours because, <laughs> interestingly enough, because I enjoy films and, and cinema so much, watching, t watching shows have become a part of like, not like a free time thing for me, but it's become a part of like my routine, such as working out or, or doing a chore that I want to have a, like a, maybe just one extra hour to do sort of nothing, like just to read or to whatever to myself. So that's how I feel. Do you believe there is... Uh, such thing as too much time in a day for yourself? Maybe. Do you? I think it's a hard one. My, my instinct was to say no, but then when I really think about it, I think there is something like too much free time in a day. And, um, The person that I am, I uh, obviously read a lot about this online and I found this um, research that this um, woman from uh, California has done. She's a psychologist and a behavioral scientist. Yeah, from UCLA. You were talking from about UCLA, that. UCLA, exactly. And she did, a, um, she did some research 
uh, trying to figure out what the average time is that each uh, that Americans have on a day-to-day basis, and it's the three hours. And she has actually found that the sweet spot lies between three to five hours mm-hmm. of free time in mm-hmm. a day. Because if it's less than three hours, you feel constantly overwhelmed, which we can understand. And she also um, said that if you have more than five hours, it um, you suddenly feel a lack of purpose because you have so much time that you sometimes I think fill it with things that are more in the vein of wasting time so I don't know how do you feel about yeah yeah well okay so let's go back to a few years ago I think a lot of people just had a lot of free time right whether by choice or whatever that might be and so in 2020 middle like middle 2020 to middle 2021 i would say a lot of people had more than three hours in a day to themselves and i was speaking to some friends who just felt like they were wasting away because they didn't have that lack of of purpose because i think people feel they they feel like they need to accomplish something and whatever that thing might be whether it's to build a house or to finish their work or to paint or to do a chore, like you need to be able to feel this, this sense of completing an accomplishment. And when you have too much time, I think psychologically what happens, and I'm obviously nowhere near educated enough to be speaking about this, but this is how my brain is processing it. I feel like when you have too much time, you think that you will, you will have enough time to get it done and then eventually you still just don't get it done. It's that whole idea. It's procrastination. Yeah, it's that whole idea of we all are so aware that we only have one life and X amount of years in this life. So we try to make the most of it because we know it's limited. And when you, if we were living, if we knew we'd be living forever and would never die, would we use our time as wisely as we do when we, since we know that we have a limited time on earth? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and so on a daily basis, for me, that's why I was saying an extra hour could be nice. Totally. I get what you're saying. And, and I think it's also interesting. She was saying that it's not only the time that is sort of um, like a delicate thing to look at. She said, it's also the way you spend your time. So um, there's these activities that you can do, like, let's say, scroll TikTok for an hour and a half. You might enjoy it in the moment, but sometimes you leave your phone and you have that icky feeling of like, ah, what did I spend my time actually doing? Exactly. And if you have too much time, you're just, you're constantly doing that rather than being like, holy crap, I only have like two hours left to myself. I might as well do something that I've been wanting to do or go work out or whatever. You're not wasting your time because let's be honest, scrolling social media is just wasting time. Yeah. And it's, it's, um, the, the opposite of those activities are the ones that you often don't want to do, but you know are good for you. So it's like working out, journaling, meditating, going for a walk, which you never, often you aren't, especially when you're not in a routine, you aren't excited to start doing that. But no one has ever said that they regret it. You love it after. For some reason, you just feel so, so, so good after. It's funny, like even, I remember 
back we would do a lot of social clubs and play social sports and that was one of the things we in calgary in the winter there's a lot of social clubs because it's cold so you go to these gyms and play social and i just dreaded going to it because the whole having to have my entire day and then committing to going to this thing but every time we went it was just so great because you would go play for the hour then you would all have a maybe a drink after for an hour and then you have you go home and you have an hour to yourself to just unwind maybe watch a show and those types of um activities and things to fill your day are so so worth it rather than having six hours all to yourself and then you get lethargic i think i totally know what you're saying like back in calgary i used to be part of a book club and as an introvert, sometimes going to these things, and I didn't know the people that well. So I was always like, oh, okay, tonight is book club. And then I, it, it's, it was almost like before I was dreading it, while I was there, I was liking it. And after I had left, I loved mm-hmm. that it went. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. And that sounds like your story. Too. Yeah. But it's, isn't it, isn't it like, and I have to use this word, but isn't it, kind of interesting that how if you have too much time you sometimes start to get lethargic and 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 it can do that for you because again there's no sort of sense of purpose there there's no like I don't have to do anything so I'm not going to do anything and I have all the time in the world to do it so I'm just going to start it later and then later becomes even later or never (laughs) or never Yeah. yeah yeah totally but for me actually the most important thing outside of having more time in a day, and this is outside a weekend, that is just having flexibility. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think the, and there's been a lot of conversations around this and things such as four-day work weeks. Yeah, four-day work weeks or just flexibility in how you, even in corporate environments of how you want to spend your day. And it's something that I, that I, for example, have always been interested in. I have never liked the fact that my workday is measured by the time that I spent in front of a computer instead of the results that I bring in. Right. Because we've talked about this a lot, but it's, it's like when you work for whatever, every, a traditional work day, traditional companies even, and they say you have to work nine to five because everyone else is working nine to five, you almost feel like you're chained to your desk to complete the nine to five rather than completing your tasks. Because for me, I haven't actually had a traditional nine to five type job in a very, very long time, like over 10 years. And so I oftentimes have been able to do the same amount of work in six hours. And you sometimes say that to me, like if let's say if I have a bit of an easier work day or if I have um, a little bit of a break in between and it's closer to the end of my work day and I walk around the house doing like, I don't know, cleaning up or whatever, then you're like, sit down, get your work done so we can move on to something else. And I often have to say to you, it's like, yeah, I'm almost done, but I do have to stay online or sit here until X hour because only then have I fulfilled my eight hours. Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. Like we, we talked about this earlier, but like some people have like shift work, so they'll work 12 hour days, but then it's only, you know, 12 hour days for six days, but then they get four days off in a row to make that up. And like the shift work is a different thing that I'm talking about, but I, I like a lot of people who have just a four day work week and they have the weekends to themselves. It allows them just to 
pursue other things that make them really happy. And, and for mental health purposes, I think that's really helpful. But anyone who has a flexible schedule is really great because if I wake up early and I have lots of stuff that I have to complete early that is due, I just start right at seven, work until let's say five, for example. But if I have a day where where I don't I don't need to do that, I can start my day at 10 and I know that this certain amount of stuff has to be done and that's it. I work till three and if I can if I'm done at three, I'm done. I mean that's just that is so amazing. You've experienced that a little bit with me toward the tail end of living in Calgary, where you were flexible with what you were able to do. Oh, it was my absolute favorite time ever. Like it it's and again, it it didn't necessarily mean that I had maybe there were days where I had five hours to to myself, but then there were other days where I only had one hour to myself. So probably the overall time I had to myself was the same amount of time as now, but it was flexible and I was in control. Yeah, like some days you'd wake up super early, do a bit of work, then we would take like the worst part is let's say in the winter, you wake up and the day is beautiful and you're stuck eight hours. And then when you're done your work day, it's now dark, cold and gross. So a lot of the times you wake up in the morning and it's the sun's coming up. You do like, you sit down, focus seven until 11 or noon, three, four hours worth, worth of hard work. And then you go for your lunch and you take two, three hours off. And then you come back at the end of that and you work another hour or two to complete your task, and then you're done your day. Or in my case, a lot of the times I would, it was so nice in the summer, I would just take the whole day off and then the next day I would just pound it out. However, that requires a lot of discipline. Definitely. And um, and I think especially like I work in a client facing role, so I really have to be available when the clients are available. I think there's also corporate environments where you can be a little more flexible and take that three hour lunch break and then work later into the evening. But um, really like, yeah, it's, it's a sense of, I don't, I can't even describe it, this flexibility. Because what happens is I think what you're trying to say is that when you are forced to work eight hours and forced to work those eight hours in an exact time frame, it's like you're being encased in a box. It's like, it's like work jail, right? Like, you have to be here from nine to five. Whereas let's say these are the tasks given to you and, and you complete them in six hours. And let's say you do three hours in, in the morning, take a two hour lunch break, three hours in the afternoon, or do all six hours in the morning and take the whole afternoon off. You are then still just being graded on the quality of your work and, and how good you are at it. Like I saw this thing that was really cool where, where a guy said, okay, do you want to pay me $20,000 to do, to do this task for you, but I can get it done in, in four hours. Would you pay me? The guy's like, and I think the example was, he's like, it's so that means I'm paying you $5,000 per hour. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I would never do that. He's like, okay, well then how about I tell you that I'm only, I can only complete that task after 20 hours or, or 40 hours or whatever. And it's still 20,000, but I'm only still going to do it within four hours, but I'll tell you, I, you know what I mean? 
So then you say, now you value how long I take to do something. Isn't that messed up? It's and, like- and, and that's the thing. He said, he's like, well, then if I told you I could do it in 20 hours for $20,000, he's like, yeah, I would find someone who could do it faster and pay them less. He's like, but then it would be a shittier job because you pick me because I do the best job because I can, because I'm so good at my job, I've been efficient enough to do it in four hours. So he was just using an example of like, it's not always about time. It's about the quality. And sometimes someone who does such a good job, it's because they put in so much time elsewhere to get good at that job. So now they're just more efficient at it. And what, what you just said doesn't only apply to the work environment. I, you said it isn't about the time. It's, it's about the quality, which also applies to what we talked about in terms of how you spend your free time. So really, I think we as humans are, humans are really focused on the concept of time in a lot of ways, but we should actually more look at the quality of how that time can be spent yeah. in a personal or a work environment. And I think like it is so <laughs> messed up to me um, that if, if this guy had quoted saying, this is going to take me 40 hours, And it's going to cost you $20,000. That 40 hours makes it sound like it's uh, worth it. Yep. But then when you say four hours, right away the alarm goes on being like, huh, that can't be like, why? Why, why is it so expensive? Why is it yeah. so expensive? And it's the same product, the same end result. And that's what it should. Work. Exactly. From, from the same person. And, and I think that's the one thing I think. Time is measurable because there's only 24 hours in a day. So people can logically sort of measure that. Whereas quality can be measured, but it's harder. For sure. When you look at something, as an example, you look at, an, at one of the better IKEA products, a table, a dining table, for example. And you look at a similar table that is made out of real hardwood and the craftsmanship is is evidently better to a lot of people and then say the ikea table is 200 and the other dining table is 2000 for people it's hard to justify the the qualitative difference being like why is that one 10 times better 100 times better, whatever that is, right? 200, 2,000, 10 times better. It's hard for them to like. And I think quality, quality, not necessarily, it is subjective in a way too. Yeah. Like something that I find valuable, you not yeah, yeah, might yeah. not find yeah. valuable. Yeah. And I think. Um, but that's what I'm, yeah, I know. But that's what I'm saying. The point is that the table, the Ikea table being made could take five hours to make it. And the other table could also take five hours to make it. But why is one 2,000, one 200? The quality is just very hard to decipher for, for a, a, a good amount of people. I don't want to speak for everybody, but the, the amount of time being measured absolutely can, yeah. be, can fully be measured. Like, you know, so, but I think it's an interesting topic that... Is it an interesting topic? So interesting. <laughs> I'm actually curious what the audience thinks about the topic. And if you're listening, it's going to be hard for us to get that feedback. But if you're watching, I would love to know 
what you think about that is three. Do you think you have more than three hours in a day to yourself? Do you think you have less because you have kids and, and all that? And do you think there's such thing as too much time in a day? Because when I first read this research, I was like, that's not true. But then when I thought about it, I was convinced, but I'd be curious to know what, what, what other people think. Yeah. When I first, when, when you first said it right away, I was like, no, you can have a lot of free time because I always think about the weekends. Like, is the weekend long enough? Never. Yeah. Right. But I think when you start to have too many days of nothingness, you lose purpose and that just creates um, being lethargic, being lazy, feeling depressed because you don't feel like you have a sense of accomplishment. And humans, I feel we just need that. We feel, we, we feel the need to have a sense of completion, whatever okay. that, whatever that is. But I think with that said, we should wrap up and complete today's podcast. Yeah. I think there's nothing else that we can go deeper into. That was a lot of fun though. Yeah, totally. I liked your story. I, I heard, I'd heard that story before, but I didn't realize you kind of just woke up and put on clothes and went to work. You didn't even brush your teeth or yeah, anything. I think that was actually the, the worst part of the whole thing. Like if, because a, a shower can rejuvenate you and you also like retail, especially in, in clothing is often a really like close proximity. Yeah. You're very close. to the Actually th that's true. In my story where I went to the rave and then went to work, I actually had the opportunity to have a shower. Like I woke up and like had a shower. I think I had, had a quick shower and I changed my clothes. And so, but still, can you imagine me just like every uh, 10 minutes going back, like napping for 10 minutes and while no one was there, it was so thankful that, that area was so dead on a Sunday. No one really wanted to come up. But thank you for listening to the podcast on all the different platforms on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, all the different places. Please rate it five stars if you're listening. And that would be super helpful for us. Definitely. And if you're if you happen to watch on YouTube, we're always excited if you leave a comment of things that you enjoyed about the episode, your thoughts on this, um, or even suggestions for other topics if there's something that comes Yes, up. definitely. Leave leave us some suggestions on Instagram even or if that's easier or YouTube, because we would love to dive into that a bit further. Cats obviously can do some research if you're curious about anything. And if you're ever on our TikTok or Instagram reels and just, you know, maybe a little wave emoji to let us know that you've been by and we appreciate you listening, watching all that good stuff. And we will talk to you soon. See you in the next one. Bye. Ciao.